This is the Radio Check Podcast, life in the concert touring industry. Holy shite. I know, right? There you are. I mean, people are listening to this, but I see you and I haven't seen or spoken to you in months. What, eight months, I think you said? Yeah, we we podcasted last in December of 2022. Oh, and then man. you know, and then life got in the way, and and uh, it's been a while. It's good to see you, man. It's good to see you too. I mean, well, life got in the way, but it's like you know, well, things are you know, no, any kind of normal now. I mean, you're touring, you're bouncing all over the place, and it's been hard to nail down, you know, guests because everybody's back on the road and the schedules are so conflicting. So it only makes sense. But you're home for a little respite, um, and you know, you're on your new pad, which is great. And so I'm I'm just super stoked that you know we're able to nail something down and chat for a little bit and see what's going on. So yeah, you, you know I, I remember we tried getting some things together in the last eight months. I remember you and I having a couple of conversations and throwing ideas out at uh, at a couple of people, and and just really it was just it turned into almost a pain in the ass if I'm not if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, but uh, you and I, you know, we've been texting and, you know, we've been keeping our eye on the, on, on the podcast and, you know, we're still getting shitloads of downloads, even though it's we've great. gotten quiet, you know, it's, it's humbling. Uh, yeah, I agree. It is amazing. I but, you know, it's, I, I think that, you know, some of the things that have fallen apart on us, I mean, it's obvious that I think people want to do the podcast, but they just overextend themselves and realize the commitment it takes to kind of sit down and. Yeah, I think a lot. I think, you know, it's almost like ADD kind of uh, mindset where they just have so much going on and uh, which is fine, you know, and and I I think that we were blessed, you know, during the era of, you know, the downtime, you know, COVID, um, you know, to be able to really, I mean, put a body of work together and talk to a lot of people and set a precedence and, you know, create something here. Because like you said, even though we haven't done anything in months, we're still getting you know, tons of downloads on a regular basis, which again is very humbling. And it lets pe- lets me yeah. know, you know, that people are still interested in the content. So, um, yeah, I, mean, today, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like today we don't have a guest, but it's you and me. And, and, but I think that, you know, you yourself can bring a lot to, to the conversation today because, you know, you're, you're out there. Um, and you know, you know, there's a lot of different things going on that are kind of a little bit different than they might've been, a few years ago. Uh, and so I'm, I'm kind of curious to kind of hear your spin on, you know, what's it like out there? Cause I mean, as, as people know, I don't tour anymore. I haven't, you know, I don't tour at all. And I, I'm kind of live vicariously through everybody else, but um, how's it been out there for you? What's going on? Well, let me say it's, it's been incredibly busy. This is, this is, you know, post post pandemic has been busier than it was beforehand. It's crazy. It's just, you know, between schedules and 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 projects and 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 I've I've just not seen it this busy wow. in forever. Now is it is there is it just you and you know the work you've been getting or is it have to do with the industry itself? Is there just more is there more moving parts to it? Is there more communication? Has it gotten more complex? Is there more involvement? Because at one point we were talking about like simplicity and dialing down, potentially, you know, tours scaling back, right? Because yeah, yeah, of environmental issues and stuff like that. But I don't think that's the case. Yeah, that didn't happen. I mean, it's it's a, uh, 
the incentives were there and, you know, the intentions were there, but it just never came together, man. I mean, everybody's coming up bigger and, and more badass than ever with wow. tons, tons of stuff, you know, but sustainability, we're, we're still keeping our eye on sustainability. I mean, I can't speak for, you know, other projects, but, you know, the projects I'm involved with, um, whether or not it, you know, they're sustainably minded to begin with, with or without me uh, or not, you know, or, 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 or sustainable. You know, you just freaking have to be. There's just no question about it. And I know we've talked about this before. Um, but it's all about uh, being accountable, you know, for what you're doing. You know, the trucks you're running, the planes you're flying, the buses you're in, you know, the equipment you're renting, the people you're feeding, you know, just the amount of energy you're using just for everything uh is 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 crazy mm. uh so you know everybody is doing their best to be accountable whether it would be uh hvo fuel whether it would be scaling back uh on single-use plastic to or, or just getting rid of it completely uh keeping a better eye on on meal numbers and food waste um because that drives me crazy man Caterers throwing away food. That just really, really gets me. So I, I try to do my best to stay in contact with, you know, people on tour and people in catering just to make sure the numbers are are, are as accurate as they can be without, without having, you know, 50 portions left over that go into the trash. Because you can't, you know, you can try to donate it. And there, there are people that will take it. But that's a very difficult uh, thing to do sometimes, you know, yeah. just because, uh, you know, if you're taking food, you don't know how long it's been out of the refrigerator or if it's been hot and cold a couple times or, you know, food can food can turn. Yeah. Food safety is an issue. Yeah. Food safety is an issue, you know, so we do our best to make sure that we do donate food. It is, uh, you know. It's in good condition. You know what? Uh, one thing we did last year on, on Roger Waters is we found some pig farms. Huh. You know, so we were we were we were just throwing all the scraped the scraps of food into this one big plastic bag or several plastic bags, whatever it turned to be, and then delivered to a hog farm. And you know, hogs will eat anything. You know, and then there's composting as well. You know, the, I I don't know how well you can compost when you're scraping everything that you're consuming into the same bin, you know, whether it be plant-based or, or fat and oil and meat and all this stuff. I don't know if that all can be composted, but we're, we're, we're trying that as well. Well, you know, it's, I guess it's something else besides chucking it in the garbage. So yeah. what, what about like other um you know major players in the industry like sound companies um you know uh, lighting company any any type of you know are they doing anything differently as far as like environmental issues or being more efficient you know not oh, not to name yeah. any, any companies themselves but I no, mean, but you know li lighting lighting has gone primarily to led fixtures which burn next to nothing you know, for years, if you're if you're if you're staying set up overnight and you're leaving the venue, you you would say, oh, lights, we got to turn all the lights off, man. We can't we can't we just we can't leave them burning. 
because they were all lamps and they were got hot and they consumed a lot of power. Now we can we can just leave the entire lighting system on overnight without turning it off and, and it burns next to nothing, hmm. you know. Uh so light lighting is lighting is is gone in a really good direction. And you know, of course, audio, you know, PA systems aren't as big as they used to be, you know, the big S4s or the big, you know, Shoko Prism systems, you know, that were just colossal and had these racks and racks of amplifiers. Right. You know, but uh audio has 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 is skinnied up in the last you know few decades anyway. But you mm-hmm. know, uh, sustainability, it's it's for for a vendor, it's 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 more about it's more about you know packaging. It's more about you know how you prep it, how well you prep it. You know, you could get down into the nitty gritty where you know you shouldn't be using e tape. You should be using Velcro straps. You know, I mean, yeah. nobody knows what a pain in the ass that would be on a daily basis. You'd be losing them left and right, and when you're running cabled on a truss you're going down and you're wrapping with tape and you're wrapping with tape and you're just going. And on the loadout, you're just breaking the tape and, you know, you're just, you're just going, you know? Um, But, you know, there are, you know, there are things, you know, rechargeable batteries. That's a big one. I can't tell you how many nine volts and double A batteries I've gone through over, over the decades for, for, you know, audio and backline and whatnot, we're just chucking them away like crazy, but you can get rechargeable batteries now, which mm. is, which is kind of cool. So, you know, on Coldplay, when you have as many in-ear packs as we do with the band and the backline crew and the audio guys, I mean, there's, there's, there's a couple dozen people with, with, with belt packs on uh, in the show. And it's just really nice to, use rechargeable batteries you know mm. some of that so sure vendors are doing stuff the industry itself is is changing um you know i can't really say that you know one vendor's not doing something while another one is everybody's kind of doing it the vent the, the industry as a whole is, is is adapting you know i mean the writing's on the wall you know right. one thing you know it's it's could be difficult but you know what you want to be leading this and not you know chasing this right i mean but the thing is is it's also probably this balance between you know efficiency but also improvement on the technology now in trying to find something that works really well or is the next level but also efficient i mean are you finding that you know the cost of running a show is getting more expensive because of the you know the improvement in technology even though maybe power wise it's more efficient you know because it's newer or more advanced and always changing you know is it a more expensive show to run from that standpoint uh i'm gonna say no but yes in the way that when it's more efficient and it's smaller and you can pack more and Mm. you can set it up quicker you're gonna get more (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're just you're gonna have more stuff. I mean, it it, it is it is shocking how big some of these shows have become. Mm. You know, when when Beyonce is carrying you know seventy plus production trailers. I'm not talking about stage going to staging, but we're talking seventy ish production trailers. That is just you know I'm not I'm not critical of it because I hear the show is incredible. I hear the show is beautiful. But I'm just trying to underscore just the size and the magnitude of, of their, I mean, their crew. I mean, Coldplay is a big crew. 
Roger's got a fairly big crew. Beyonce's crew is, is I mean, there's like 500 people traveling with them. It I, is just obscene. Um, I just caught again, myself with my mouth open. I've never really done that before, but, but I mean, but again, that's, that's, holy shit. It's a good product. It's selling well. It's being reviewed well. It is supposed to be incredible. Um, but, you know, I'll leave anybody who wants to, you know, take this information and, 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 and place it, whether it's in, in praise or in, in, in critique, you know, uh, it, right. it is what it is, but I'm saying shows are getting bigger and, and that's just more stuff. So mm. technology skinnying down and simplifying makes it easier to have more. <laughs> no, no, I, I, that makes sense. You know, it's, uh, you know, you, yeah, I, I can understand that completely. You know, I was fortunate enough. I just went to a show the other day in here in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and um, man, it was such a great show. And it was like, and I was looking up, and, and you're right, the PA systems are are you know thinner, um, smaller, <clears throat> you know, as far as size and volume. But man, the, yeah. there's no compromise in the sound quality and the right. You, know, so I, you I was, saw you you saw Queens, right? I did. I did. I saw Queens oh, of the Stone Age. Dude, and it was, I'm telling you, man, Queens of the Stone Age. They is there a better American rock band? It I mean, was just like rock band. Just go out there, no. guitars loud, nasty. You're not you're not no. playing any big hits. You're not you're you're just going out there and you're playing rock and roll with with that level of intention that they have. It's you know, I don't think there's anybody better. No, I mean, you know, I got you know, just thinking about it, you know, a little goosebumpy action there because it was a I texted you, it was a proper rock and roll show. Yeah. And the set the set list was just spot on. It was executed well. I mean, I don't know. I I, I kind of, I, I don't want to, you know, and you'll probably chastise me for doing this, but the whole post-pandemic kind of thing, I just get a sense of different energy, a different mm. appreciation, you know, from the artists themselves or something. I, I don't know what it is. But, <laughs> They're happy to be working again. Yeah, but kidding? I mean, you know, listen, they've been back on the road for quite a while now, but it's- Well, not everybody. You know, I mean, not, you know what, when the business came back in 2022, everybody went out. And then there were bands that just, well, okay, we can't go out this year. There's just too much traffic. There's no equipment. There's no buses. You know, let's, let's just wait till next year. So a lot of these bands are coming out this year for the first time post pandemic. And this is, and, you know, it's, and, and you know, with the traffic out there is still crazy, mm. you know, trying to get avails because as you know, part of my job is to do, you know, help with routing and on sales, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and then the routing process is just, it's slim pickings, you know, you, you'd love to route a tour where you don't have to drive out of the way. Of course, you know, mm -hmm. you want to go, what's the, you know, from, you want to go from Boston to New York, to Philadelphia, to right. Charlotte, to Atlanta, to Miami, you just want to go, but it's, it's not that easy with all the, with not avails and, and basketball and hockey and all sorts of stuff. And it, for right. me is anyway. And uh, so you, you find yourself, going we're doing what wow. <laughs> we're going we're, we just we're there we're, why are we crossing back over there again or or you're going in and out of canada a couple times or whatever um but you know it's just part of it yeah yeah i actually something you said reminded me about at one point it seemed that there was a a shortage of crew you know just people that you know have you noticed people 
like that left the industry that didn't come back and are is there is there kind of uh uh yeah. void of quality experienced touring personnel across the board i would say absolutely um you know there were riggers and carpenters who who found jobs in the film industry or television or something and 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 have not come back mm. um you know i mean if, if you're a family man and you've got young kids and you stay home for a year it's gets hard to leave again but you know a lot of people had to but as far as shortage i would say carpenters man carpenters are hard to find riggers are hard to find um you know vendors are are, are, are are struggling to keep staffed for all the projects they have um but yeah it's been it's been tough and and, and, um, and when I say across the board I also mean stagehands I can't tell you I mean I've done since post-covid I've done upwards of close to a couple hundred shows already uh every one of those loadouts and load ins you're getting people that have never done it before you know i mean just people who have never done it before and may never do it again um depending on how well the, the touring crew yeah. treats them you know so it's just what it is labor's really tough and you know and i'm i'm of the mind that hey you know what i'm happy to have the body you know i'm happy to have the person pushing a box so we in our, in our production meetings we emphasize hey let's be cool to these people you know there there's right. nothing we can do it's their first day you know you sucked on your first day whatever you did you know just you know be cool we want these people to come back you know makes sense you know? no one but no one's gonna have a really awful time during a loadout i mean you should see the looks in some of these people's faces who have never done this before you know during a loadout and and the high anxiety of, of loadout is just happening and these people are just looking around going i want to go home i don't want to do this you know yeah it's frantic it's frantic but it, i can't help but think um safety you know, I mean, you think about riggers and maybe these new inexperienced riggers. You think about people that have never done load in and load out. And there's a lot of moving parts there. I mean, we've all gotten hurt, yeah. you know, yeah. loading in, loading out. And so have you recognized or seen any dangerous situations? I mean, I know you're, um, you know, if you're on the floor, you got a hard hat on and all that stuff because stuff falls from the ceiling. But in general, have you you know seen an increase in any injuries or safety aspects because of like new people or a lack of skill? Um, yeah, I mean there there are people getting hurt. I mean ac across the board, there is. I mean, let's look at it in a couple different ways. There's the IATSE, the union. Yeah. No one, unless it's a ridiculously huge, you know, U two kind of labor call you know, where they have to pull people from wherever they can get them. You know, the IATSE is never going to let anybody out there without in some sort of indoctrination to what you're walking into, you know, and at that different levels, there can, you know, some maybe just talk about health and safety and others will get into, you know, the aspects of what electricity is and, mm. and, and what a road case is and stuff like that. And then there's the labor companies uh, across North America that are non-union. Uh, there's a company called Rhino that has offices all over the country, and they do proper training with their people. You know, they they rent venues or they go into venues on dark days and they rig and and they and they teach people. You know, what's up? They make them wear helmets. They make them wear high vis. 
which is an issue with the IATSE. A lot of the IATSEs do not wear helmets, which is which which bothers me. Um, but all the Rhino crews wear helmets. Um, and then and then there's a bunch of you know there's local labor companies all over the country. I find that the the the, the non-union labor companies uh, tend to wear helmets more and tend right. to do training. And that's not to take anything away from IATSE because the IATSE does do training. They, some IATSEs do wear helmets. Um, you know, helmets are, are a thing for me. Uh, a, I don't want anybody hurt. I don't want anybody hurt. You know, I mean, never. It, it, it's it's more people, you know, hit their heads on trusses and cut their heads open than anything during a load-in. You know, every once in a while, something falls from the sky. I've only seen someone hit with something falling from the from the beam once in my life. It was a piece of steel hit a guy in the shoulder, uh, messed him up a little bit. But most of the time, it's you're hitting your head. You're hitting your head uh, on trusses that are floating or what, or what have you. Um, we don't want anybody getting hurt. Helmets are really, really super important. And, and a part of it is it's, it's selfish on my part in a way because I'm liable. You know, one of our crew get hit or hurt or, you know, killed. You know, I'm the one going to court. I'm the one being deposed. I'm the one who's responsible. So. A, I don't want anybody hurt, and B, you know, it's my it's my ass, right. you know, I, and the stage manager's ass, and the artist's ass, and the manager's ass, and and so I'm a proponent for helmets. I walk around during loadout, and I go, I tell people, "Where's your helmet, Ben? Where's your helmet? Go get your helmet." You know, that's something right. we do. That's we do. We wear helmets. You know, we're safe. Have you? you know? Have you seen like um this is just you know obviously I'm being a cyclist and being when different you know helmets right it's like has anybody adapted or adopted any type of uh industry helmet besides your st your typical construction workers helmet um you know yeah yeah, yeah something well, that most... maybe you know chin strapped something that's not just sitting there because if you're bending totally. over if you're like crawling underneath the stage and stuff I mean to totally no 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 I mean the the, the petzl. It's a it's, it's a climbing helmet. Yeah, climbing. Okay, I was going to say yeah. yeah Petzl, Petzl, hundreds of Petzls out there, hundreds. And there are other, some small other companies that do climbing gear or whatever that have got some cool helmets. Yeah, black diamond. You know, I mean, there there are some pretty ridiculous helmets. It was cowboy hat helmets, right? You know, yeah. That kind of thing. Um, but yeah, Petzl has the two kind of helmets. You know, it's the helmet that's lined with the foam that just kind of sits on on top of your dome. Yeah, and then they've got the the helmet with the uh, what with the with the strapping in there, the webbing I should say the webbing inside there that your head sits on the webbing and then there's a space between the webbing and the and your helmet so it can you know if, if you're wearing just the normal climbing helmet with just the foam the impact will hit you in the head mm -hmm. you know but but if your if your head is isolated by way of the webbing the yeah. the the helmet takes the impact and your and your head does not yeah all right that's interesting yeah I, I kind of if I thought the through that question a little bit better i probably would have figured that out but i thought i would ask but yeah because i mean i can just imagine just wearing a normal construction helmet would suck especially if you're bending over a lot and crawling underneath stages and shit so but all right anyway yeah mo most stagehands wear those yeah you know you, you show up the gig and there's this massive 
vessel full of helmets sometimes oh. you know trash cans full of full of helmets and people oh, to scrap them put them on which i i cannot imagine wearing a helmet that who knows who was wearing it before you yeah. know I, I, I don't i can't so a lot of people just so they can avoid that uncomfortable uh situation buy their own helmet and carry their own helmet yeah and helmets are helmets are throughout all the industries every time you go on a plane to fly there's someone on there with their backpack and there's got the, their helmet clipped onto their backpack they I mean yeah. helmets helmets are, are are all over every industry you know oh yeah and a, well a very personalized item if they're you know carrying it around i've seen it in the airports myself so mm-hmm. you know i've got a question because it was it was brought up you know obviously people kind of know what i do and you know from a health and nutrition perspective and and also from the standpoint of of waste, has anybody adopted the idea of uh, like hydration packs and wearing like any like camelbacks or anything? So they, you know, as they're working on the floor, because I mean, there's some long, hot days out there. I'm just kind of curious if people. Yeah. Water for me, my stage managers and my site coordinators is probably one of the biggest areas of, of attention in our industry. We're we're doing outside gigs in the heat. Yeah, the sun is oppressive. You know, you we've had uh, just in this just this year alone, I've seen a half a dozen stagehands go down with uh, dehydration and heat exhaustion. You know, Uh, and and even though we're promoting it, drink water, drink water, stay hydrated, stay hydrated, with you know water everywhere, um, it still happens. It happens. But you know, water, a it's it's under the sustainability uh, label, so we don't have cases. I mean, for years we had cases of plastic bottles of water floating in ice buckets just everywhere. Uh, now we we do a combination of bubblers. Mm-hmm. We have bubblers, you know, on 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 the Coldplay Stadium tour. We 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 put bubblers in the loading area. We put bubblers underneath the stage in shaded areas we put bubblers at the front of house towers um you know if you have a remote work area like video village we'll put a bubbler out there uh there's just bubblers everywhere but 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 keeping the stage hands hydrated you know we have our own bottles we know we got to use bubblers we we have our own bottles you know stage hands show up and we can't have you'd literally go through a thousand cups yeah if if you had you know so we 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 try to do as little plastic bottled water as possible there's boxed water but it's really expensive but you know to answer your question hydration is incredibly important and we we try to have water everywhere you know when you're working outside especially yeah. Uh, in inside you know the water you you go to catering to get your water or you, you know, there's bubblers in the hallway in your production, or you know, side stage or whatever. But uh, it's not as it's not as well distributed as as when you're outside in the heat. Yeah, yeah. I can, you know, uh, electrolytes are having their moment right now as far as you know the importance there. And I can imagine like doing a a shed tour and being out in the heat and drinking all that water. And you know, another thing to kind of stay on top of is making sure your electrolytes are topped off plenty of sodium and stuff like that. So right. uh, tell me more about that. Well, yeah. So, um, you know, there's electrolytes, right? You have potassium, you have magnesium, you have sodium. 
Um, those are the primary, uh, you know, those are the primary ones there that are always, you know, lost through sweat. Um, people can overhydrate, right? So one of the one of the dangers of drinking too much water without electrolytes is is a condition called hyponatremia. So that's that's low sodium, and that can cause well, it can it can actually cause death. You know, there it, it <laughs> it's can. called drowning, right? Well, yeah. Well, you, so yeah. So hyponatremia <laughs> when your sodium level gets so low, sodium and potassium are responsible for cellular function. In this case, the electrical conductivity of pumping your heart is, you know, you need electrolytes. Back back when the Wii gaming system came out, what was this, maybe 25 years ago, there was a radio show out on the West Coast in California and LA. They did, they, they did a contest, hold your pee for a Wii. And so this is a water drinking contest. And the woman who won about an hour after she won, she died because she overconsumed too much water and she had this hyponatremic event that her heart stopped. Now, that's extreme. Now, but for people that are out and about, like, you know, you're doing an outdoor show, you're in Europe, it's hot, or wherever you might be doing a, a shed tour and, or, or a festival or something, um, you, too much water. Like, so, like, I'm a cyclist. I, I, I train and I, and I race. And if I just drink water by itself, I can actually be if i'm depleted with these electrolytes my energy levels can tank and i can bonk and so that's just you just kind of crash and so that's another thing it's like thinking about people maintaining their energy levels if they're on their feet for 12 hours a day you know trying to put a show up and they're just drinking water and it's hot and sweaty you know you can really feel pretty crappy and you can really throw yourself out of alignment if you're not consuming enough electrolytes this is where things like not that i'm a proponent of things like gatorade and whatnot but it's better than nothing but there's some great products on the market now that come in little powder packs that you can throw in your water bottle that have really good doses of sodium, potassium, magnesium, things that can help you stay hydrated. Because the thing is, is like if you're drinking too much water and your electrolytes are going low, your body's going to do everything it can to pee that water back out because that will help you maintain. Because if you hold on to the water and maintain it, it's going to, again, dilute your electrolytes. Does that make sense? And so people who drink a ton of water end up peeing constantly. You know, it's like, well, throw throw a couple of milligrams of of, of, salt, <laughs> well, of salt. course, if you drink a lot of water, you're gonna pee more. But but <laughs> if you if you have the right electrolytes and they're like sodium and potassium, you'll actually you'll remember back in the day when you were playing baseball, remember the salt tablets that you guys used to take when you used to play baseball? Yeah, and, yeah. and, and they were like, oh, those are bad for you. you. know, actually, it turns around that like those salt tablets, like back in the 70s when we're playing baseball, were actually help you hold on to the water. So sodium actually helps you maintain hydration. Um, I mean, without getting into the, you know, the biochemistry of cellular osmosis and stuff, I'm not going to bore you with that. But in general, if on a hot day um, with your crew, I would highly recommend to say, hey, it's really hot out there, drink water, but maybe, you know, Take a look at some of these, these some of these, uh, yeah. have them salt their food more, you know, have yeah, them yeah. consume more salt, more sodium, more, you know, have them eat a banana or having more potassium rich foods in order to keep these electrolytes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we do have uh, those little hydration packs in production that yeah. people know about. Liquid get, IV yeah. is something that's right, readily available everywhere. Element has really been huge these days, so. You know, I drink one right. every day. Do you do you do do you do any kind of electrolytes when you're not training? I do. Yeah, I find that um, because 
it's really interesting because the the healthier you eat, and so I make a lot of my own meals, believe it or not, you know, it's easy to not get in the recommended amount of electrolytes because especially sodium. Um, people that go from a highly processed diet, eating a lot of, you know, eating out a lot of packaged food, that's got a lot of salt in it, right? Because it adds to the flavor. But if you're eating more wholesome, more naturally at home or even on the road, if you've got a good caterer, you know, salt your food, you know? And so for me, I actually will consume an extra thousand milligrams of sodium in a water bottle. And I find that it, you know, over the course of the day, I might drink less water because I'm maintaining hydration levels better. And um, I just find that I think better, I perform better and believe it or not, it actually can contribute to improved sleep in some cases. So um, oh. yeah, I mean, they, I, I have a salty palate, so I'm, I'm, I go salty before I go sweet every time. Yeah, Agreed. I think, yeah, us being probably, you know, from the same genetic makeup, I agree with you. I, I kind of have a salty palate as well. So, but you know, it's just something to take into to account. If anybody's listening here and they're out in those hot days, just don't drink water. Make sure you're getting in plenty of salt. Yeah. Drink you margaritas. Know, people go, oh, salt causes high blood pressure. I'm like, no, salt doesn't cause high blood pressure. If you have high blood pressure, salt can make it worse, but it's not the root cause of high blood pressure. So that's nice. you know a different that's conversation. Good to hear. Yeah. That's good know. to hear. I yeah. love a good salty pretzel or you know, salt on what's your favorite thing to put salt on? What do you think is uh, what, what what do you think is unedible without salt? Oh, um, steak. <laughs> I'd say a tomato. Ooh, can you imagine yeah, a tomato oh, without salt oh, on it? Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, you know what? That happened to me the other day. I, I was with my girlfriend Sandy, and we had these breakfast sandwiches with some fresh cut tomato on there. And I bit into it, and I'm like, hmm. And I did go back and put some salt on it. And I made that very comment that it wakes the tomato up. So yeah, uh, you, you got me on that one for sure. I agree completely. Tomatoes with a little bit of salt really wakes them up. Yeah, tomatoes, man. So yes. add tomatoes to your diet with salt and there's your electrolytes. <laughs> well, there's the, yeah, because there's potassium in the tomato. So there you go. There you go. But uh, go. yeah, so I mean, you know, it, there's just little things there. But, uh, you know, how, how has... Uh, catering been any any uh emphasis like you know we're, we're talking before we start hit record on here and we we're kind of discussing about what we're talking you know what we're going to talk about and we're you you brought up like mental health um you know and things and, and again not to keep bringing up the idea of post-pandemic but i think a lot of people started questioning their lifestyle and started you know making changes in you know uh, you know it's hard to do on the road with certain regard but have you noticed any any like disciplinary changes like are people drinking less soda are they eating more you know is catering change with more fresh better quality yeah. food are people drinking more water are people taking better care of themselves on the road now uh, uh, it depends on the person yeah one, one thing i've been working on and one thing i, I I'm, I'm better at is is my own awareness mm. you know just being aware you know that doesn't have to necessarily mean anything specific just just being more aware of of the moment and being aware of what's of, of what's around you, and 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 through that, I have I've noticed um, quite a bit. Um, it's interesting when you know for for years, if 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 you're not looking for it, you're probably not going to see it. Sometimes, you know, 
uh, and I'm and I'm and I'm probably talking more about mental health right now before before the food part of this. Um, you can see it now if you're looking for it, you know. And and I'm not I'm not saying that you know someone acts peculiar and I automatically jump to a conclusion that this person's got mental health issues, but but I think behavior is very telling, you know. And, and daily behavior over time accumulated is very telling. And I think a good bit of advice would be to be more empathetic if you're able, you know, or compassionate maybe more so uh, to the people you're working around. You know, there's uh, people, people suffer out there. You know, people have people have problems, whether it be mental or whether it be something going on at home. It's incredible how how if things suck at home, it affects you on the road big time. If someone is in, in, in a row with their with their with their partner, it comes through in their work, comes through in their attitude, comes through in all of it. Um, but that's not mental illness, but you know, you, you can see there are people that drink a lot to probably dull the pain or make them forget. Um, there are people that, uh, you know, are incredibly quiet, incredibly insular. Um, but again, just in the, in the, in the last few years of being aware you can see it, you can spot it. And that prepares me to be more understanding. You know, I mean, for years, if you if you're fuck up in the slightest bit away, work wise or attitude wise, you get your ass chewed or you get you get fucking sent to the bench. You know what I mean? Um, but I think everything needs a little bit more uh, observation and a little bit more uh you know thought to see you know what's going on with this person you know mm -hmm. uh and and we're starting to see you know i i love the fact that the lgbtq family is is in our in our world now in the touring world and you know that alone can accompany feelings of uh being an outsider or feelings of of not being understood you know um so this is all really really good for an old guy like me who was on the same you know frame of mind on the road for so many years you know mm. we're working with a lot of women now Excellent. We're working with, like I said, young gay and trans kids, you know, which is, which is good. You know, there's inclusivity in our industry and, and a lot of these things, it's, it's just really good to understand and, and, and listen and, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's where the world is now, you know, it's where we are. No, I think, oh, yeah, I'll, go ahead. Sorry. 
No, go ahead. Well, you know, you you open that dialogue, you know, with something that's super important. I mean, just being aware um, and, you know, just quieting your mind and just being observant, getting out of your own head. You know, it's almost like a form of meditation. And of course, you went down the path of equating it to being observant of, you know, your crew, you know, the people that are underneath you and the people that you're working with. But also, you know, I'll just state this from the standpoint of that some type of mindfulness or meditation or awareness practice is also good, probably helps you not get stuck in your own head of negative thought and go down that spiral as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So, I mean, Have, do you do you meditate? Do you regularly meditate? I do. I do. Yeah. I, you know, I've got my, you know, when I'm home, I've got my little, my little setup here and I, there's so many great apps that are out there. I agree. Um, yeah. I, agree. Um, I mean, I'll I, use, I use balance. Yep. Yep. Um, balance is good. You know, I know a lot of people use calm for sleep at night to call, you know, to kind of like shut down. Um, I've been using the same app for, I don't know, probably eight or nine years now, but. Right. Um, I, 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 you know, meditation for me, I'm getting better at it, but it's, it's, it's probably the hardest thing I've ever tried to get into. You know, I mean, you, we we are busy people, yeah. uh, and just and I'm, maybe speak for production managers. We we are busy people. Our mind is constantly going. You know, with what do we got to do? What did we forget? You know, it's notes all over my desk, kind of thing. <clears throat> so when I go to meditate, it's incredibly hard to shut down. I I can do it. I can do it for if I can meditate for for two minutes, I'm doing really good. Hmm. doing really good but i i think there are you know whether you do it for an hour or two minutes or 30 seconds i i i've always felt the benefit of it anytime you can take you know hit the brakes and just you know be present is going to be helpful regardless of how short it is gets you out of your head right um and you know maybe this will be helpful let me see if i can articulate this well enough but in general when you're dealing with internal stress, thoughts, fear, anger, sadness, um, you know, focus on something external, right? Sounds, noises, the feeling of the environment around you. But then yeah. when you are dealing with an external stress, like someone yelling at you or an accident or something that's outside of you, then you focus internally. You can like focus on your breath or you know, just close your eyes and, yeah, yeah. you know, so there's, there's a couple of different tools there that you can, depending if it's internal stress or external stress. Do you, you have know, a mantra? Uh, I, I've, I've, I've dealt with <laughs> mantras. I basically, you know, basically when I start, when, if I have difficulty, I just use the word attention or awareness or no, just. Can I tell you what my mantra has been? <laughs> I don't know. You're supposed to share it. So, I don't know. Okay, you will. Have, well, I'll have to change it then if I share. If you're not allowed to share a mantra, no, no. but I, I, honestly, TM. honestly, I'm going to tell you. I, 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 when I meditate, I meditated this morning. You know, and uh, my mantra was, "Don't be an asshole. Don't be an <laughs> asshole. Don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole." I caught myself. I caught myself. I caught myself being an asshole the other day. We were. I was. I was pulled over to the side of the road. And and I was just waiting on the side of the road, and some person pulled up next to me and rolled down there. And he goes, "That's not a parking spot." And I just yelled back. I said, "It's 
fucking none of your business. Pay you mind your own fucking business. So I just yelled back at them. And my daughter, Poppy, was in the car. And she looks at me and she goes, Dad, you're so nice to everybody. Why were you mean to them? And I, I, I just, I felt bad. I felt bad. And, you know, so I, I don't be an asshole. Yeah. Know? No, it's interesting because I think that you and I have some similarities that once we get behind the wheel in a car, it's the only time I get frustrated really is driving, you know, and because I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We do have our personalities. We've got our driving personality and our home personality. Yeah, we do. Our, our non-driving personality, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so easy to get frustrated with somebody, you know, whether the, the most simple one is you're, you're second in line at a red light and the light turns green and the person doesn't move because they're looking at their phone. You know, that, that will never not annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> that will never not annoy me, you know? Yeah. No, I, I understand that completely, but I mean, aware, oh, just awareness. I mean, th there's so many people out there that aren't even aware that they might have anger issues or a short fuse or um, things like that. So that, that, again, that's where, I mean, anybody who's listening to this, I mean, I'm a huge proponent of mindfulness because it can change your life, um, even in its smallest um, yeah. attempts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the, the whole thing is just being consistent with it. And what's great about these apps is that they, a lot of them have like a counter, right? It'll say, you just did three days in a row. And, you know, so there's a little bit of accountability yeah, and I don't like the coaching. Yeah, I, I, I get I it. But I mean, but for people that are new at it, just for, you know, that are kind of goal oriented, <laughs> you know, sometimes it can be helpful. You meditated. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, you know. Yeah, that's why, you know what, I do yoga, but I don't go to yoga classes. I don't need someone telling me how to breathe or to be spiritual or to, you know, I don't right. know. Right, right. Hey, have you seen, there's that show on Netflix called Beef. Have you heard of that? I know. I I, I saw it uh, the other day, uh, the uh, little icon for it, but I have not watched it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the premise. It starts off with road rage. Two people driving who have a go at each other and, and 10 episodes of it escalating to the oh, highest gosh. levels of fucking bedlam. Um, so that's a little little Netflix, you know, pitch there for for a road rage show. Beef. Gotcha. I'll have to take a look at that. Now I, I find myself uh I'm very selective with the stuff I watch. I watch a couple of different things here and there, you know. But uh no, in general. But uh yeah. I went down this rabbit hole on youtube the other day i finished a zoom and i'm waiting for another zoom to end and i really didn't have any mail that was needed attending so i, I, I go on um, youtube and i start watching <clears throat> i don't know it was it was just queued up there it was a documentary on the making of of black sabbath sabotage you know which, i saw that which, which i love you watch it and then i that that went that went straight into me watching the documentary on on um on uh god what's the master of reality and yeah. then that led into a documentary of black sabbath in their own words which led into a documentary about motorhead the bronze era <laughs> so, <laughs> so i watched oh gosh between that period and going back and finishing i, I went down a serious youtube you know and these documentaries on youtube they're you know they're not great it's just some dude you know, interviewing somebody with a really bad camera and a really bad microphone and, and, um, 
And a lot of the footage is old, but you know, it's still, I love that shit. Yeah. I really, now, really love that shit. Now the sabotage one, what I got out of that, and 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 if it's the right one that I'm thinking about it is is really geezer butler really got put on a pedestal as being an anchor of that band you know and just being such a tight you know a more talented and a tighter bass player than i i've ever given him credit mm. for i mean you know well yeah good good bass player um tony iomi wrote a lot of the riffs but geezer butler wrote a lot of the music and, and wrote the majority of the lyrics i don't know if anybody you knew oh, that, i didn't realize that geezer but... butler wrote the he just had a book come out called into the void Huh. Uh, and uh, I bought it the other day and I have it. It's on my, it's on my list of reading to come up with. Yeah. No, I, I was just kind of surprised because it seemed like everybody really kind of looked to him and looked at him as like, Oh, I mean, you know, really the epitome of what a bass player is. Right. And, you know, as far as, right. you know, as, as an anchor of the band and it kind of, you know, gave me a higher level of appreciation for him. So bass players mean so much. They do. Oh, bass they players do. mean so much. How many uh, you, you see it all the time where where you know, the the bass player changes or falls apart? You know, Jane's Addiction. When Eric Avery left the band, it was just a different band. Mm. You know, afterwards, it was just totally. Uh, on the podcast, we talked to Danny Carey yeah. about Justin Chancellor. Justin Chancellor holds that band together live. He is the one. He is just monitoring and just paying attention and just if somebody speeds up or slows down, he slows them down or speeds them up you know he's he's really really good yeah no i yeah it's it's over the past couple of months it's actually better part of a year the importance of the bass player has really been in the forefront of my mind i'm paying a lot more attention and if i get to watch something live i get to kind of try to look for any type of interaction to kind right. of you know but no. you know but you know back to jane's addiction though right you know we both know that Chris Cheney replaced Eric Avery or actually yeah. Martin Lenoble replaced Eric Avery and Chris Cheney. So what I was tr not trying to say about quality of bass playing, I was talking about, you know, that iconic era of Jane's addiction, how they were just so good, you know, the, the nothing shocking into wow. ritual, Dale habitual, those two records. And I, I really think Eric Avery had a lot to do with that. I, I can agree with that. You know, certainly those uh, those albums were iconic to me, you know, life changing. I mean, like that was a, just a different era of music. Holy cow. So, yeah, that, that Chris Cheney podcast it was pretty interesting because we started talking about like iconic bass players and I couldn't stop the Rolodex of my head after the podcast of like, well, what about this guy? And about this guy? And about this guy? And about this guy? It's like, yeah, it was one of those times like, listen, I know that when we have guests, I don't talk a lot. Um, I just kind of sit back and be the fly on the wall, but that was one that I, I should have, I, you know, I, I bit my tongue, but I, I shouldn't have because there's oh, some no. great stuff on there. Gosh. When we get into those conversations about music and I, and I, uh, and I do this with guys on cruise all the time we, you just start talking about music and you just start talking about music and you just start, and it just keeps going and going. And before you know it, you've been standing next to their work box for 40 minutes when you just were passing by, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, going out to dinner and just having a bottle of wine and talking about music. I mean, I could, I could do it till the sun comes up. And then, and I think that that actually adds so much, um, you know, joy and pleasure to the industry that you work in. And actually I have a, I have a question for you, you know, and, and, and I don't know where this is going to go, but out of everybody that is that tours, I mean, how many are, are in it 
I mean, you got into it just for your pure love of music. And you obviously surrounded yourself with people that love music and, you know, in, in the company, like, you know, Jesse, right. And his love of music and the conversations you have, but how many people that tour that work in the industry that are like, yeah, obviously they listen to music and they like it, but I mean, how many like embody it or embrace it or live it like you do, or like Jesse does? Well, I think a lot, a lot of people do. And, you know, uh, I know a lot of crew guys, sound, lighting, video, whatever, that travel with guitars, you know, they mm. they do like to play. They're not really, a, you know, looking to be famous, but, you know, people just love to play guitar. Lots of people go to shows on days off if somebody's in town, you know, uh, but the actual music junkiness of me, I'm, I'm at a different level. You yeah know. i mean hell you know who produced i, I just told you that i spend hours watching youtube documentaries yeah <laughs> black Sabbath. so i mean i and and, and basically I, that's the majority of what i read too is is music based you know i'm reading uh elvis costello's book right now but i i just I, you know what i just finished uh jan winter's book the guy who started rolling stone magazine it's really oh. 500 pages but it was it was interesting but uh you know, there's a lot of people in our industry that just really love music, you know, um, and it's interesting because I'll have a conversation with somebody about, about, you know, who was better, Steve Vai or Eddie Van Halen, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or you can have, you know, classic rock conversations or, or I'll talk to somebody about Depeche Mode for, for way too long. You know, it all depends on, but everybody's into their certain thing, you know, everybody's into their certain thing. And one thing that I've been doing lately, Cold, Coldplay has a studio on the road, huh. a proper studio. We got a guy named Spud, Matt Latham, who travels with us. We carry the studio. He goes in and soundproofs the room, sets up, a, you know, speakers and, and, and near field speakers and, and, and kind of PA-ish speakers and the console, there's a little guitar setups. It's, it's, it's a fully functional studio. The band record their records <clears throat> on the road a lot, or a lot of it, or or they mix stuff or whatever, but they're constantly in the studio that we have with us every tour date around the world. And I go in there and I sit with Spud and we listen to music in the morning. I'll, I'll let him, I try to do it at least once a week where I'll go into the studio and I'll block out 45 minutes to an hour just to listen to music. <clears throat> and I brought my turntable in there recently and we started listening to records and it's just so fun. But you yeah, know, yeah. he and I started talking about music and we went down several rabbit holes uh, about music. And uh, i tell you, those conversations, you know, they're, they're wonderful. They're, they're really, really, truly wonderful. You know, they remind me of my childhood. Oh, they remind me why I love music, you know, all all sorts. Yeah, right on. I, I I do have you know recollection of the days that you know when we were younger and how much time you would be, you know, I'd peek my head into the room and you'd have your headphones on and you'd just be reading the back of the you know the gatefold, you know of the yeah, and you would and, and and you know it's not lyrics. You'd be like you know the producer and you know all the you know the studio artists that played on certain tracks and all that stuff and. And I guess that was part of my question. It's like, certainly, you know, you have a whole different level of knowledge with music than a lot of other people. Um, but it's, it's, it's awesome that, you know, you find other people that have that same love and, and depth. Of yeah. 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 Totally. But 
You brought there's always a- somebody out there. There's always somebody yeah. on the tour to go record shopping with. Yeah. There's always there's always somebody, you know. Yeah, I, I just have to say this because we're talking about kind of like the rock documentary kind of stuff. And you brought up Eddie Van Halen. But one that I watched not too long ago was the one on Randy Rhodes. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And I just yeah. had no clue of that kind of interrelationship and, you know, L.A. at that time. And, you know, that was pretty insightful. But yeah. Yeah, yeah that was pretty cool. Yeah. You know how he... Uh, how he just went head over heels in love with nylon string classical guitar playing Hmm. to the point where that's all he did when he wasn't on stage was practice his classical guitar playing. And and to the point where, and it says in the documentary and then, and I think I I read Ozzy's book too. And then he even, even said that he was considering quitting the band to pursue his classical guitar playing, you know? But uh, yeah, what a sad story, you know, yeah. what a sad story of, you know, the, the, you know, he was in a plane that crashed into a house or a structure. Yeah. You know, but uh, reading Ozzy's book and learning more about it and watching these documentaries, they were on a really, really long bus ride going towards Florida to the, to the, to the, to right. the, to the yard, to the bus yard. Um, and the driver had been up for so many hours and i think he was probably snorting blow or on meth or whatever the fuck bus drivers take to stay awake in the in the early 90s or was in the 80s pardon me that was 80s um but they did a long bus ride and they get and they get to their destination where the where the bus yard is and there's a plane there and here's this driver who 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 piloted the plane after driving for however knows how long and started fucking around they were they were nosediving at the bus trying to trying to trying to wake up Ozzy. Ozzy was on the bus asleep, and then the plane was coming down and you know and then and it did it once. Apparently, some other people on the tour went up and did the and did the flight, and then yeah. he came down and took more people. And, and it was Randy and I guess the wardrobe woman uh, went up, and they were both afraid of flying. Yeah, you know? my understanding is he didn't want to go. Yeah, what a shame. Can you imagine Randy Rhodes today? What he would, what he would be doing? How would he be playing? You know, I, I, I don't think he'd be, I don't think he'd be stuck in that '80s heavy metal guitar style. No, nah, he know? would have progressed probably. You're right, given his love for other other you know forms of guitar. But wow, um, you know one one thing that we not not to change the subject, but to kind of come back around because again, when we were talking before we hit record, I was just kind of curious, you know, because I know that in the you know a while back we we're talking about you know Coldplay and um, you know their kind of movement towards being a little bit more sustainable on tour and stuff. What have you been seeing that they've been attempting to do or do from an environmental standpoint? I know it's a bit well, of a shift in topic, well, but I was kind of curious. The biggest thing is we're the first tour and I don't mean show, I mean tour, because when you're touring, you have to be mobile and you have to move and you have to set up everything quick to run the entire show in batteries. We have these BMW batteries that have been integrated with inverters by a company called Zap um, to give us show power. Sound, lights, video, blah. Um, so we've been doing that. Um, you do need a generator to charge the battery. So we do 
we have two battery trucks and we carry a generator truck as well. And what that generator does is it charges the batteries. So, but we don't run the generator for long periods of time. We just run it and at a, at a high uh, RPM or whatever, or, or however you run a generator um, to charge the, these batteries. And we use more often than not uh, HVO renewable uh, fuel okay. uh, to charge, to, uh, to run these generators that charge these batteries. Is that easy so, to come by while you're touring? The fuel? Yeah, well, we've got a, we've got uh, <clears throat> a division of, of Coldplay called Hope Solutions, and a guy named Luke who, who finds fuel. We just had a, we just had a uh, conference call this morning uh, to talk about HVO fuel for our North American run where we're going to get it, what the routing is going to be, you know, can they stop and get it? Does the fuel have to be brought to them? Where can we get it? Where can we get, can't get it? And that's not, not just for the generators, but that's also for the, the upstaging trucks, the tour trucks. Hmm. So we will do our best to run on, you know, renewable fuel. Right on. Um, but, you know, diesel, these days, there's additives that they're that they're putting in diesel these days that bring the emissions way, way down. So HVO and diesel, they're both, you know, because they're both they both have a carbon footprint, but you know, it's, it's so much better than than what we had been doing. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think that's why Europe, I mean, they offer like every car manufacturer offers like three or four diesel engine options where you get over here in the United States and there's Zilch mm-hmm. or you know, much fewer options, but yeah, 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 and, I, and and this that's not the only thing we you know we anybody who knows anything about Coldplay they've they've got these energy floors and energy bikes that are out on the pitch and the energy floor is this it's a platform it's circular that and it and it's got these uh, uh, rubber pads that people s- step on and when you jump up and down on them you're 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 creating energy. And, and, and as such hmm. and the same thing with the energy bikes we've got a bunch of bikes that are on stands that when the back wheel rotates it it, it engages this other mechanism that, that generates fuel <clears throat> so between the two energy floors which can have up to 50 people on them at a time <clears throat> and the 16-ish bikes all the stuff is channels into batteries the misconception is these are charging the show. They're not charging the show. They're charging batteries. This company called Watsons, W-A-T-T-S-U-N, Watsons. And throughout the show, we charge several of these Watson batteries, which we in turn use in the underworld, in the backstage, to power things. So we power the energy we're creating during the show is used the next show to charge or to radios power or, you know, yeah. radios, you know, you, you name it, the underworld, underworld lighting, mm-hmm. um, you know, anything that needs a remote uh, power source. You know, if you're, if you're have a workspace in a tent mm-hmm. off to the side, you know, you can, you can have a Watson batteries and we've got several of these Watson batteries. So 
between the show batteries powering the show and these other things, you know, other energy bikes and energy floors, charging batteries, um, you know, they're, they're all, we're having conversations about sustainability all the time. Chris Martin's great wish would be to have a solar field everywhere we go, you know, or solar, solar panels, you know, and there, there are, there, there are ways to do that. Um, Sean Jacobs, who, you know, uh, the carpenter for Roger Waters, who, 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 who's, who was very, uh, he, he had his master's in, 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 in solar energy. You know, he's, 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 that's, that's where he's heading uh, in this industry. He's, he's, he's working for a company that, that supplies solar fields for festivals. So you can create a solar farm, but you need to have it set up for days ahead of time, harnessing power in order to charge, have enough charge for the show, hmm. you know, and, and usually it's only one day. I mean, if, if Coldplay was going somewhere and we had a solar farm set up, we'd play the show, but then we'd, we wouldn't be able to do a second show with it. You know, because we would need to harness more recharge. Yeah, we we would need to recharge. So or a bigger solar field, but yeah, or a bigger solar field. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's I mean, interesting. I mean, you know, it's like are all these things like the thing. No, but they, at least they're pointing in the right direction and the continuation yeah. of thought and in in you know ingenuity. Yeah. yeah. You know, who well, knows? There, there's going to be ten years from now. There's a little more portable solar things that you can see you ever you ever you ever go by on the side of the highway and there's this little solar panel yeah. that's that's charging an emergency yeah i've got a solar panel i've got a little yeah. one for camping and backpacking and yeah. it holds up yeah. and i can charge my phone with it and you know yeah but there's some bigger ones they're using for concession stands yeah they're using them for work light you know that kind of thing okay every little bit it's camping. it's it's getting there it's getting there you know, I'm waiting, you know, we got to get, we got to get it to electronic trucks and buses, you know, that's, uh, that's just going to change how we do, a, you know, it's going to change routing. It's, you know, you can only go as far as you, your, the charge in your vehicle can go. Yeah. And, you know, venues have to have the infrastructure for it, you know, so the buses and trucks can be charging at the venue. So before they drive. A buddy of mine works for the local Department of Transportation, and they they're and they've now started bringing in electric buses. And just like you would use a phone on a on a pad rather than plugging it in, these buses drive over these units, and yeah. they magnetically recharge. Exactly, that's yeah. the future. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's that's pretty interesting stuff. So, yeah. but you know, what's then providing that power, right? So. Who knows? <laughs> Not to get yeah, into well, this whole thing. I mean, we've, you've been to San Francisco enough times to see the streetcars that are connected to power line above you, you know, that, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. What creates that power? Is it a fossil fuel? Is it, uh, is it hamsters? Oh, hamsters. Yeah. I actually saw something, some guy's charging something in his house. He's got this little squirrel wheel out there. You know, squirrels are running something in his house. I can't remember what it is, but anyway, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's lots of different things, you know, sounds like the, the, you know, the participants at the Coldplay show, they get on those bikes and pedal their butts off charging batteries, but it's crazy. The people love it. 
Yeah. The people love it. You know, it's a hot day and there's people out there on these bikes just dripping with sweat, you know, because they, they think they're doing a good thing. And, they, you know, they are doing a good thing, you know. Yeah, well, they're engaging with the show, right? They're, they're actually participating in something. So, which is yeah. kind of cool, but right on, right on. So, all right. Well, where do you, where do you think you want to go from here? Um, I don't know. That was, that was, that was good. Anything else you want to chat about or bring up or mention? Well, uh, no, I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it's good to be working. You know, I have to say, <clears throat> I'm the luckiest guy in the industry. I think about it all the time, how lucky I am, you know, to be able to, to do the projects that I do and to be able to manage both at the same time. You know, that means, that means understanding bands and understanding managements and understanding teams that can help me be successful. You know, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, a big challenge and, and, a, and a more of a, even of a risk to try to do, you know, more than one large project at the same time. Right. You were doing Roger and Coldplay at the same time. Correct. And I, I still am to this day right now. Yeah. Doing both of them. <clears throat> but I, you know, I'm only successful by the people supporting me. You know, that's just this this only way, only way, you know. Well, you know, I, I gotta say this because you say that you're lucky and you you bring that up, but you know, everybody, not that it happens a lot, but when I come across someone and meet someone through you and I'm talking to them and you're not there half the conversation is accolades for you and you know how lucky they are because i think that you feel lucky and you feel in a position but i think that you're very very good at trickling that down to the people around you mm -hmm. because you know you're contributing your success with the people that are around you but they want to they want to they want to uh, see you succeed and so you you create that's, a that's so nice to hear yeah i mean that's no so i, I nice can't tell you how many times you know i mean people i mean i could rattle off names but i don't want to embarrass anybody or call anybody out but i mean it's like, you know, you've changed their life and you put them in a situation to succeed and feel lucky and feel blessed as well. So, um, well, that, that's so cool. You know, I mean, when it comes to our, my camp or our camp, it's, you know, it's us, it's not me and my people, it's us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I think we have a way of doing things. I think we, uh, uh, love respect, you know, and, uh, and appreciate respect and demand respect. Uh, whenever someone leaves to go to another camp, I say, go show them how we do it. You know, I don't tell yeah. them to go show them how I do it. I say, go show them how we do it. You right. know, right. Give them, you know, show them a little bit of how we do things, you know, cause uh, you know, we're not the best tour on the road. I would never say that, you know, or any of my projects, I would never say that. There's lots of great people out there, lots of great things. But I do think the way we do things is is a really good way of doing. You know, people being happy, people being content, people feeling taken care of. And again, respect, respect, respect. You know, respect one another. You know, yeah. I mean, the pro the projects that I, that I'm on. You know, people help each other, you know, videos, videos helping, you know, lighting and lighting's helping video and, and, and the departments are just turning it into a gig and not a department, you know, 
it's just it's just so good. It's so Except good. for backline, um, right? They're their own thing. Nah, no, the backline guys are great. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm I, would, kidding. I would never say that. No, 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 um, I know. I hear you. But I'll have you to know, back, tell you. backline take a lot of shit. But you know, they it's 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 not an easy gig. You have to understand they're they are more the gig than we are. They're yeah. on stage. You know, they're tuning instruments. They're making stuff work. They they there's a lot of pressure. Oh God, yeah. Back, no, I wasn't saying anything backline. to their detriment. I know that they just you, you know, know they're responsible you know. for a lot. I will have to say, though, you know, in the industry that I'm in now, and I can only imagine that anybody who's been in rock and roll and toured and then gone off and done something else, they bring a whole different level of professionalism that is that's just not experienced. You know, um, you know, the, the companies that I engage with and what I do, you know, I got people scratching their head going. It's like because they they say, Matt, you know, sometimes we work with people that are easy to work with. And, and then sometimes we work with people that are nice, but rarely do we get both. Um, you know, and so I've, I've literally gotten comments. It's like, I'm, I'm both. Right. And so I'm easy to work with and I'm nice. And I think that, you know, I think that it's working. With- and you're cheap. And <laughs> three big ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just that kidding. cheap anymore, man. So, um, but any, anyway, I, I just think that the industry itself uh, demands a high, such a high level of professionalism and communication that is yeah, I don't, yeah, very, yeah. very few. I mean, it's almost like makes all of, the difference. It's almost at the level of like military of communication and teamwork, and um, you know, yeah. But anyway, you make me want you make me miss it though because I you know being a solopreneur, and I've probably said this in the past in other podcasts. Being a solopreneur, I'm all by myself trying to figure things out, but it's always nice to collaborate. And when work with other people in order to see something through. So mm-hmm. I, I, I live vicariously through you and, and the, the stories you tell and the things that, you know, so I appreciate the opportunity of anytime we can get on and chat and bang out a podcast and listen to other yeah. stories. Let, let, let's try to, let's try to get some more done. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, I think that we potentially have someone lined up for this weekend. So anybody who's listening to this, this will get out as soon as I can you know get it out there. And then there'll be another one right behind it. And when do you, um, when do you go back out on the road? Uh, next couple of weeks, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that offline. Right. But, but I have to I have to say, you know, bouncing around tours and and, and doing all the traveling, uh, I get people that I don't know have any idea who they are walk up to me and say, well, "When when's your next podcast? Nice. When are you going to do it?" I'm talking. I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about my truck drivers. I'm talking about locals who wow. come up to me and ask me about the podcast. You know, when you get when you, when when's your next one coming out? You know. That's awesome. And, uh, it's just, it's just, and you know, and of course, the people I do know are going, "What's up? No more podcasts," you know. But uh, hopefully, this little conversation we've had, uh, hopefully, is, is worthy enough. For, well, you know, it's not exciting like having a with. guest, but you know, I, you know, I think that there's some valuable stuff there as as well, and hopefully, people yeah. get some, something out of it. So. Well, this was good practice to get back into it. Absolutely, my brother, my brother, I love you. I miss you. Like, I'm so happy to be looking at you. Uh, Absolutely. Likewise. I look forward to it. And I will talk to you soon. Love it, man. Be well. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch soon. Take care, everybody. And if anybody really, you know, digs the podcast and we want to see it grow, um, you know, go on there and uh, leave a review, some stars, because all that kind of stuff helps, you know, grow the, uh, you know, the population of, of who listens. And hopefully, you know, it helps us get, you know, other great artists and other people on yeah. here. Yeah. The podcast and a, and a shout out thank you to dan cleary for our oh, yeah. incredible theme music here 
which Dan. is so much better than our original one. Our original one was, was I know it was cool. my idea. But, yeah, you know. but it was still kind of cool. So. Yeah, yeah, All right, man. Peace. Okay. See you, Bye. See you buddy.